This is Career Lab with Levi and Bobak, the podcast that features fascinating pathways to success and the people who have navigated their own journeys in the ever-changing and fast-paced modern economy. I'm Bobak Bavahanian. Our guest this week is Anthony Miller, a TV news anchor turned head of internal communications for a Boston-area tech company. We connect with Anthony on how he leveraged skills from one career to another. Find out if you have what it takes to leap into a new industry midstream on this edition of Career Lab with Levi and Bobak. Welcome to Career Lab with Levi and Bobak. I'm Levi Maya in the main Lighthouse studio with Bobak Babahanian. How are you? I am well. How are, are you, you doing well? I am doing really <laughs> I'm well. I'm great. I'm, I'm yeah. super excited uh, for today. Um, you know, we, we're based out here in, in California on the West Coast, and we've got a, uh, an East Coast guest. And you know how it brings you back to my roots. So I'm, I'm always excited when we can uh, tap into the other coast. We're keeping these East Coasters up late, though. I mean, we, we tape it uh, uh, like 6.37 usually. And, and you know, we're, we, these guys put in a long, hard day, and, and we're keeping them up past their bedtime. But we've got a great guest tonight. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about today's guest. Uh, Anthony Miller uh, works in the world of internal communications. And we know what you're thinking. You know, what, what, what the heck does that mean? Well, Anthony works with leaders in mid-sized organizations to get their message and strategy out to their employees. He's been in that field for nearly 10 years, and prior to that, he was a local news TV reporter and anchor. Full disclosure, Anthony and I worked for the CBS News affiliate in Charleston, South Carolina together. He's a husband and father, but maybe most importantly, a cautiously optimistic Buffalo Bills fan. Anthony, (laughs) thanks so much for joining Career Lab with Levi and Bobak. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you uh, taking the time uh, to chat with me. Yes, cautiously optimistic is as far as I'll, I'll go these days, as far as my bills are concerned. I know you and I could talk for 30 minutes about uh, the, uh, the the bills and, and my eagles, um, but we'll, <laughs> we'll save that for a completely different show. All right. So, Levi, uh, you know, one of the things that really interests me about Anthony was he, he made the switch, uh, what I call, uh, that a lot of people have done uh, from journalism to a, a different side, you know, Anthony, take us through the dark side. The dark side. Why? <laughs> why did you make that switch, and and why did it feel like that time was the right time? Oh, that's a great question. So, I, you know, I did that for ten years as a, a local news television and um, anchor and reporter, and ultimately, what started happening was, and Bob, you can probably relate to this a little bit. I'd be at a job. And you work, if you don't know about how these jobs work, you work on a contract basis. So it's two to three years of a contract. And I'd be like halfway through my contract and be like, oh, this station sucks, man. I cannot wait to my contract's up and I can get to the next place. And I'd get to the next place and I'd get about halfway through the contract. And I'd be like, oh, my God, this place is horrible. But the next place, and then I realized, I was like, it's not the next place. It is, it's, it's ultimately, it's me. This is not the thing that I want to do for a long period of time. So I, I was in I was in Boston, and I, I had already made the decision before I got to Boston that I thought I was done with that business, um, but I wanted to give it one last shot. Right? It was like Boston's where I went to school, um, and I got there, and it was just the same thing. And I was like, eventually, I'm going to start, you know, yearning for that next 
next city. And ultimately, it was as far as, you know, it's very interesting because it's, it's a profession where you tell people, I was a television reporter, they, they, their eyes light up. Really? That must have been really cool. And it really is, it really isn't. You, when you do hard news, you typically meet people on the worst day of their lives. Um, something really bad has happened if I've shown up for the most part. I mean, sometimes it's lighter news, but by and large, those, those live trucks are outside your house. Something bad has happened. You're, you're asking them to bear their soul on television. Uh, it's bad hours. I worked nights for 10 years. I worked every weekend for 10. I was a weekend anchor and then I was a weekend reporter for 10 years every holiday and then you know it's really interesting i'm originally from buffalo but when i got to boston i worked in all pretty much southern cities and i forget i didn't realize and understand snow coverage and then you're like out in those elements and it was all that and you like i didn't have a great kind of life outside of it i wouldn't say i had a great life in it but it just got to a point where it was like all right i, I can keep chasing this happiness or i can try to find it somewhere else and that's how i ended up in internal communications for those that, that don't know take us through what internal communications is what's that day-to-day like for you yeah so um it's interesting this is another one where i i'll tell people what i do and they're just like oh hmm, that's that's interesting so typically it is medium-sized to large organizations um often global companies that have this type of department where um, you are basically the voice of kind of the leaders in the organization, helping them get their message out to the employees, whatever that message is, whatever the strategy is, in a way that is consumable, in a way that is entertaining, and in a way that will spur um, not only action, um, but inspire and keep people kind of with their eye on the ball, for for lack of a better term. I mean, um, my day-to-day, if I write a lot, I, I write an awful lot. Um, lately, I'm, I'm trying to give a lot of that up to my direct report and doing more strategic thinking around how to better reach um employees for for instance right now i'm I'm doing some work on trying to figure out if we want to create like a persona for folks within our organization that allows us to get to know our audience a little bit better so it's those sorts of like strategic things communications plannings for instance uh, if someone comes to me and says we have this important thing that we're rolling out in three months or or in, it's never three months i'm lying it's like tomorrow <laughs> they never give me that type of time um it's coming up with a communications plan uh that suits that message and and for me it's plan up until that date and then it's promotion after that date to keep it on the minds of folks so it's it's those sort of things i um my news background kind of lends this. I am more or less the host of most of our all company meetings. I, I, some guy said to me once, he's like, you're like the Ryan Seacrest of our, of our organization. I was like, that is the weirdest <laughs> thing anyone has ever said to me, but I, I guess it makes sense. And it's Bob, you kind of know this. It's, it, it's very odd. I would say I'm probably, as visible as most people in our organization, because again, every time we have a meeting, they see literally what you're seeing right now. Um, 
and I'll go to the offices and people walk by like they know you, but I don't know them. But they're always like, hey, Anthony, how you doing? I'm like, hey, hey, man. Hey, good to see you. Hey, so you. But, but you yeah. enjoy that, right? I mean, you yeah, enjoy that. Yeah, that like brings said, you back hark- to, to your news yes. days a little bit. So you're it like a little bit of a local celebrity days. around the office. Yeah, I don't want to say that. It's too late. That. It's too late. That's <laughs> really super weird. So I think when I think about internal communications, I'm wondering, why does an organization need help? communicating communicating oh. to people inside their organization. Usually you think about external communications when you think about a PR person and they're trying to get everyone else to be on board with the company message. But what do you do internally uh, and, and why does the company need that for um, communicating within? Well, it's the same idea. Ultimately, I see our employees as kind of like our, our audience and our customers, for lack of a better term. And I'll take it one step back a little bit. You know, you're, you're, Let's say your CFO or your your chief financial officer, right? They know numbers. They don't know story, right? They they don't know narrative, right? So they they need they they're good at that thing. Everyone's good at one thing or another, but it, it seems to be there aren't outside of the marketing organization. Um, but they're working on marketing the product externally. Uh, so it's the same sort of thing where you need someone to kind of tell your story and kind of be your advocate um, and knowing how to tell a story, knowing how to do these sorts of things, getting in front of people and telling that story. It's not a skill that everybody has. I I remember when I was, when I was leaving um, television, what I did was I, I just kind of network with a few people just to understand their jobs. And I forget the guy's name, um, but he had worked in television before and he was like, the thing you do that like, okay, I can take this very difficult thing and turn it into 90 seconds that people can understand. He was like, people in the corporate world, just they don't have that muscle and you've been exercising it for 10 years. So it, it's that sort of thing where they, and I run into this now where I'm like, you are really talking executive at a high level about very, um, difficult concepts to grasp and you grasp it because you're in it all the time you need me to translate because not everybody is working at this level so it's 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 a similar sort of thing where you're trying to you know it sounds weird to promote the company to the people who work for the company but ultimately at the end of the day that's kind of what we're doing you know i feel like communications is a is a popular major it's a popular interest for folks it's broad it's general yeah what are what are some of the strengths that you think you know you have or or people it really helps them to to have to to enter this field knowing that there's so many different parts of communication right but are there a couple common traits Mm. that you think younger folks it's important for them to have i'm gonna sound like a broken record um I I don't want to say storytelling right because that that sounds almost kind of weird like I I weave a tale but it's the I would say it's the writing having that that skill to be able to write it's a skill to be able to kind of manage a couple of different kind of projects that may take a while but kind of juggle those at the, the exact same time um the ability to listen and the ability to not take things 
personal um, as it relates to you. You put your all in and you write something and you send it to somebody, you know, a leader, and they're like, "This is all wrong," or "This is not what I want." You got to go back to the drawing board. It's not you're not bad. It's just it's just you know you haven't hit it at the first time. So it's kind of having that short memory as far as that's concerned. In addition to those, all those other traits. What advice would you have for someone looking to to get into this field of, of communications? Hmm. Oh, that's a great question, and and and, and a question that I, I get more often than not um, from folks who are looking to escape the other profession that I was in. Asking one more time, Bob. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, so I, I, so you know, what, what advice would you would you give someone looking to to get into this? Um, you know, I, I think people just think, you know, oh, communications, yeah, I, you know, I can do that, <laughs> right? But, yeah. but as you spoke to it, there's so many different pieces to it. I would say, um, yes, communicate, like, like, first off, communications is so broad, and it's it's like, okay, like, if you are younger and you have the ability to maybe go and intern at an organization, I know that's, some, that's easier said than done, but, like, really getting some experience kind of seeing kind of the day-to-day of how internal communications work how the pr organization works you know external comms for lack of a better term i would say do some of that you know independent of being able to you know more or less get a job at one of these places it's sharpening that writing tool you know just write i'd say i what i do is i do a lot of reading as well i i keep an eye on how people communicate outside of the the workplace um so you know think about how you might be able to sell a message um those sorts of things i i think are are good ways to to get started but i i maybe do some of the stuff that i did um go out you know again easy to say go get an internship right but if like short of that find people and just have conversations with them and understand what their job is like and and figure out what you like or what you don't like about it um and go for there that's how i found internal communications most people who leave tv go into pr or, or marketing or something like that and i i didn't necessarily want to do that um and i met a woman who did internal comms and i was like huh that sounds interesting yeah i, I you know i, I kind of felt the same you know you and i had a little bit of similar paths mm-hmm. and you know when when i made that switch i think you know it it took all the parts of the the position that i liked <laughs> and left yeah. behind a lot of the pieces that i didn't <laughs> so yes. um especially salary and you know and that that just <laughs> that just worked and you know i and i think it's funny you and, and i know you you know you were talking internal communications now but you know we we've got an audience tuned in that's that's also interested in that other tv side like it's it's really hard to start even getting a job in TV. And you know, you, I started in Missoula, Montana, right? You've got to start in a place that you've probably never been to. I was making, and this is a long time ago, but I was making $18,000 a year before taxes. I was eating, you know, bologna sandwiches six days a week. And you just do what you have to do. Um, so, uh, you know, I think I, I, I get that. I get that a lot. And uh, it's, you know, you're right. It's, it's, a, it's a switch that a lot of journalists make. Um, and, and I don't want to yeah. say you look back at not wanting to do it because it was the right move. I, I wish I'd have done it a little earlier, but um, it's it's the same, but it's different. You said you guys talked. Um, Anthony mentioned about how 
the storytelling that you needed for TV news was really helpful in being succinct and getting messaging across internally or even for external communications just in the PR world. Um, mm -hmm. What other aspects of the job, Anthony, do you think um, from, from broadcast from journalism TV. prepared you for your your work in corporate and internal comms? Yeah, I think it, it's, it's, well, obviously the presentation skills, right? Like that gives me kind of a, a, a like skill that I, you know, it's interesting. I, I help colleagues will come to me and say, Hey, can we sit down and talk about, you know, my, can you look at my presentation? And, and I give them tips, but I'm also like, here's what I think you do but there's also some 10,000 hours going on with that with me where you know I especially later in my career where it was like you were just on live television every night and you were talking off the top of your head on live TV and that's just something that people who are in the corporate world aren't going to get that type of experience so there's that I think I, I alluded to it earlier there is this idea that you know, not maybe not necessarily. I, I I call storytelling and what I'm about to say two different things. Kind of this idea that you can make this complex thing very consumable for people. That that like you know I can't tell you how many times I, I got like a budget or something like like when I was in TV news and it was like I got to turn this in the uh, 90 seconds of TV and you go and you can figure out the important parts and you can put it together. I guess that's kind of storytelling, but that that's one thing that I think is really important. Like, and I challenge stakeholders, right? They'll come to me and say, all right, I need every little bit of this in the message. And I'll be like, all right, well, let's talk about what we're trying to achieve here first. And then it's like, all right, let me take what is the most important thing. Because if you include everything in there, you're not going to get anybody's attention because it's going to be a six page email and nobody's going to read it. So how do we make this something that people actually want to sit down and read? So there's that. Um, I think, I um, lead writing, I think, is something that that helps. I when you're in television news and and to to kind of um, if you don't know the the lingo, lead is like that first sentence in a story, right? And it's when you're in TV news and in in print journalism, right? It's it's how you catch people, but especially in television news, right? Like it's like make sure they don't want to turn the channel, and you got to hit them really off the top with something. I think that's, I take that approach to um, writing emails and, and messages in that way. Like I really have to get people's attention. So that sort of thing, I'm trying to think what else I may have brought. The ability to work with different types of personalities on any given day. Um, you know, when you're in television news, you're, uh, my situation was you're working with a photographer, a different camera operator every day and it's a different type of person every day and you're working very close with that person so being able to work with those different types of personalities i think absolutely helped um i don't get too high or too low around like relationships because i you know i used to you know work in a very stressful stressful um industry with people who weren't necessarily like me and i had to work very closely with them so that sort of thing what about like when some you said in the corporate world, people don't have this experience of having to be on camera or to think on their feet. 
is this nature? Like, I'm trying to figure out nature versus nurture. Like, can someone mm. learn this, or were you just born yeah. to be on TV? Yeah, no, I, I, you know, I, we talked about it before we before we started filming. I was really, really bad at first. Like when I was in college and I was on that radio station, I was, I was bad. It was horrible. Like my news director, my student news director, pulled me aside one day and was like, "You gotta get." Like, you know, I wasn't getting paid for it. It was like, you know, she's like, you, you're all I have. You just have to get better. And I, and, I do, I, I, and I do think it's just that repetition over and over and over again um, helps. Like, I, I would say I'm, I'm better at, like, facilitating all company meetings now than I was a couple of years ago, even though I came with all that skill beforehand. And here's what I will say. Let me... I'll preface that by saying anybody who worked in that business has like a performance gene. Bob has it <laughs> for sure. Um, so there is a part that like I tell people all the time, don't like use what you have. Don't try to like recreate something that I have done in the past. Like, and I think part of my success, at least in presentation is that performance gene. Like I, I enjoy doing stuff like this it's it's funny you talked about you know you made that that joke earlier that i caught of you know it'd be great to have three months to work on a communication communication plan but you usually find out the day before that's <laughs> what news was right you'd mm-hmm. you'd, you know you'd yeah, get to work in the morning and we'd ha- sit around at that meeting and you'd get a story idea and you'd be in the car and you'd be on the way to this meh meh story idea. And then you'd get a call <laughs> right. about, oh, we actually had this different thing that you, you need to go to. And your deadline's the same. And we actually mm-hmm. need, you know, you to do a couple more things in addition to that. And yep. you just, you do this every day and you have to work. There, there was no like, well, I may be late. <laughs> I may not get yeah. the story in time. So there's going to be, you know, 90 seconds of just color bars during the news. Yeah, yeah no, like that, you, that wasn't an option. So I make, think that's you really... Make yeah, <laughs> that really helps, right? That really yep. helps when you get into because you know, and and even for me, you know, doing what I do now, it it feels like, uh, oh, this is you know, this is this is a rush. But I, I try to think back to the TV days and like, oh, it, it was it was always worse. Yeah, I try not to get too overwhelmed with certain things because, like, it's like, eh. I've I've been in stickier situations <laughs> than this. Like, like when a horse falls in a lake. <laughs> yeah, Anthony had Wait. to cover. When a horse falls, no, it wasn't on a, a horse. It was a deer. It was a deer. It was a deer. A deer. Sorry, and the, yeah, it, it was, was a deer. deer. That was big yeah. local news. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, well, it was in Charleston. It was it was <laughs> enormous. This deer was running through the streets, and it ended up in the lake. So I'm trying and, to put together the whole backstory here. You guys work together uh, in Charleston on the local local news there, right? Mm-hmm. And then after that, uh, you went your separate ways. You came to Santa Barbara. I did. I, I was in TV in Charleston, and yep. I made the move to a healthcare system doing PR at a hospital. Okay. And then around that time, I think Anthony had left and gone down to do TV in Tampa. That's right. So you hung in there with TV a little bit longer and then ultimately made the switch directly into internal comms at a, at a yeah. corporation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I got lucky that my boss at the, my first internal comms gig loved hiring people out of TV for the reason you're kind of talking about, Bob, like the, the ability to like shift and not be like thrown by it and be able to make deadline. Like, you know, you, you kind of live that life for 10 years. So, yep. Yeah. Everyone I, was says in, they, I oh. did television for 10 years, nine years. Um, Bob, I feel like you're a shorter on air. Yeah. 
Yeah. Behind the scenes, it went a little bit longer. Yeah, you, you went yeah. a little bit longer. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, you know, you uh, you pick up nuggets along the way, right? And there's always things you say, ah, oh, I, I wish I would have known this back at the beginning. You know, mm. is there anything mm-hmm. that you have that you're like, oh, if I would have... If I would have just known this when I first started, it would have made things a little bit easier. Any, anything you can pass on to our listeners, a, a little a little gold just just for them. Oh, this is going to be good. Mm. <laughs> yeah, let me I'm, – I'm trying to think about what I want to say here. Um and giving you enough dead air that you can you can edit this pause. <laughs> You mean like in internal comms? In anything. It could be internal comms. It could be in, in just overall careers, you know, in what you love to do, what you want to do. Yeah, I would say kindness goes a long way. I wish I would have known that earlier in my career. It's very interesting. I recently was at a, an internal communications conference and Soledad O'Brien was, was talking at this kind of, she was like the keynote. Like, so it was like interesting to me to hear her story. And I remember her telling this story about like her being 23 years old and an anchor in San Francisco. So immediately I'm like, Oh, you rose really, really fast, really, you know, really early. And how she was telling the story. She's like, well, everybody hates me anyway. So I don't care. And I was like, that's because you were not kind and I was like, I don't know who Soledad is, but if you're in a television station and everybody hates you and you know everybody like hates you, um, and you, you and, and further you don't care that they hate you, um, that's kind of that cutthroaty kind of I need to make it to the top that I will admit I had some of that in Charleston. I had I, I there are things that I said did like back then as an anchor, as an anchor, um, that I wish I hadn't. And I think that type of kindness, it, it makes you a better person. You don't, you're not as stressed out about stuff because you're like, eh, everybody's just trying their best here. Um, so I would say just being a bit more kind. Um, I wish I'd have known that ahead of time. And I thought I was, but if I look back and I think about some of the things I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so no, embarrassed. You were always nice to me. <laughs> you yeah. let me stay at your house when my apartment had bats. That's right. I mean, old, you, old uh, stately Wayne Manor is what I called your apartment. Yeah, after you yeah. had the bats, Batman. <laughs> yes, um, y- yes, we were boys, but you know there are, there were moments in that newsroom. I don't want to get too you know I don't want to bring up too much, but there were moments where I w- I could have been nicer. I'll say that for sure. You know, one of the things that. I think we're going to try to ask people when uh, they're on starting now when they're on the show is um, how do you feel AI is going to impact your industry? It's kind oh. of scaring everybody out there. I think in some sense, you know, uh, mid-career folks are thinking like, Oh my gosh, am I going to be replaced early career? And, and uh, people who are just entering the field are wondering if that job's going to be around in a year or two or five. What do you see changing in, in internal comms as AI becomes more powerful? I, I wish I knew. Um, because, you know, I wish I could get ahead of what's coming. Here's what I, here's, I have, you know, from the start, chat GPT and these other things, like, it's like, oh, so that thing can write something that is, you know, legible in 30 seconds 
something that might take me like an hour or two. Like, I'm like, that is just scary on its face, right? And again, I, I went to a conference recently and this was like a big talking point. And I left there thinking, I left there with two things that I thought was smart. Um, the one guy made a, made the comparison to Excel. He said, when Excel came out, people who are bookkeepers were like, oh my gosh, this computer program is going to take my job because it's a spreadsheet and it can do all these things really quickly and the things that I get paid to do. And they said, ultimately, bookkeepers, the bookkeepers who learn how to use Excel stuck around and the ones who were afraid of it and were didn't want to work with it, they, they kind of fell by the wayside. And I thought that was interesting. Um, so part of me says, okay, let's figure out how to utilize this thing. I think... I think I think it will probably be able to do 98% of the things that that we do pretty well um but I think the those of us hopefully I'm in this group who learn how to utilize it in a way that enhances what they do um will kind of make it I I don't think that they're going to replace all of us with chatbots don't think i think there's a human even when i read some of the stuff i'm like yeah this is good but it, it still kind of feels and, and oh by the way that's going to get better right it's going to get better and better and become more and more, more human but i think companies that really want to stay on top i don't think they necessarily want to replace all their people with you know people who do the types of jobs that i do with with uh ai i for for me it's it's like, okay, how can I utilize it to write headlines or write like blurbs like quickly? These things that, you know, I I can go back to thinking about my first internal comms job when we would do like headline meetings and we would like brainstorm headlines, we'd be writing them on, on the whiteboard. Like, okay, if there's something that can take that away and make that a little bit better, um, I think um that's a good thing. But like I said, I and I'm and all of this, very clearly, I'm guessing, right? Who the hell knows? Like, so is this a bad time to tell you that <laughs> Levi gone. actually is produced by chat GPT? Mm. Oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> that I'm unfortunate. not a real person. I'm just a, I'm oh, just a, a chatbot. Yeah. A figment of Bob's imagination. <laughs> <laughs> we got bigger problems, if that's true. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's true. <laughs> no, I, I've, I've had a similar experience with AI. I've uh, incorporated it in into my workflow but it, like you said sort of as a as a, a very advanced intern who can be a creative yeah. sounding board but not right. someone who you're going to just uh, who the customer's just going to plug into and then get output that they can use and you know from my point of view here's what's interesting about i mean I, they'll figure out governance right but it's like how much do you know if you are company X and you're using it for just internal communications, that means you're putting like financial results thing, like proprietary information that you may not necessarily want out in the world where, yes, a hacker can get into my computer, right? Obviously, but you just don't know how secure it will be in the long term. So how much of that do you just want to input into a system and, you know, for the convenience of that, where you can maybe feel a bit more secure if it's a, a person. I don't, I don't know. It's just, it, it's, 
It's very interesting. I I have a direct report who her job her her goal that weekend that we were at that conference that week it wasn't a weekend that would be weird um, that week we were at that conference was to like get me to stop being skeptical about AI and it was it was funny right I was like okay I was like all right I, I can see some value in it um, but <laughs> she'll never see this um, but um, she she's new she's early in her career and i we have like writing kind of workshops for lack of a better term where i go over her writing and it's very clear that she doesn't write in like word or anything she writes somewhere else where there isn't spell check and i said to her, i was like why don't you use the original ai spell check i was like it will it will make my job a little <laughs> bit easier <laughs> and it will improve upon some of the stuff and she was like very funny but but it's true that i mean that's that's the same idea, right? To a much lesser extent. Last question from me, uh, Anthony. Um, mm. You know, what, with, with your job right now, day to day, what's that one yeah. thing that you love? What's that one thing that motivates you? The one thing that gives oh. you that rush? Oh, man. I, I'll tell you today, um, I was talking to, um, <laughs> I'll tell you what it is and, and why I love my company, Google shall name, remain nameless. Um, but, I love being able to well, – I'm going to use the example because I'm not going to be able to, to tell it correctly. I'm working with someone in our security area, right, like cybersecurity for lack of a better term, and they need to get out like information about policies, privacy policies, like really like – like really I want to say boring but important things. And I was like, we can't – play this straight i was like this has got to be the craziest writing that we do i was like i enjoy trying to find a way to make the most boring thing that people hate to read something that they'll read i go back to when i first started at the company and we were implementing um a new hr system that people weren't happy about and I turned it into a, and there's probably some IP stuff. I probably shouldn't say this, but whatever. I turned it into um, a Taken, you know, the movie Taken with oh, Liam Neeson. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was this, this website, this, you know, product has a set of very particular skills <laughs> that can help you. And I, and I, it was ridiculous, right? But like people were, people were like, replying they're like this is the best hr email i've ever read in my entire life and when that happens i've won that's beautiful <laughs> that's but awesome. that's what I, that's what i love about the job like being able like like it's like it's like you hit singles and 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 maybe a double here here and there but being able to stay at bat and hit that really crazy home run inside the park number that that's just kind of wild and and interesting that's that's what i love about what I do. And the fact that I get an opportunity to do it is great too. Because some companies wouldn't let me kind of turn an HR system into a, a, a email about taken with gifts and everything. It was ridiculous. <laughs> Anthony, thank you for uh, taking time to be with us here. I know it's getting late in your neck of the woods, so appreciate it. No, thank, thank you for having me. This has been fun. Thank you. Take care, Anthony. Another great show, Bob. Yeah. We did it. Super excited. Two down? Two down. Um, many more to go, hopefully. We've got a bunch of really good guests uh, in the queue, so 
stay with us on our channel here, you can visit careerlabpodcast.com. Uh, and that'll take you to all the ways to watch and listen to Career Lab with Bob Ack and Levi. So stay with us, look for some new episodes, and uh, we'll be seeing you real soon.